What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vein podcast, and this is part of our Deer Vein Whitetail series. So the Whitetail series is going to be about six, seven podcasts per month based on the time frame that we are kind of going into. So, you know, I'll be releasing podcasts um, a week or two before early season starts, a week or two before pre-rut starts, a week or two before the rut starts. So that you can actually listen to these podcasts and use these tactics in the field this year. And uh, before we get rolling, I'd like to thank a couple of our, our sponsors, Venado and uh, Venado Vector Custom Shop and Onyx Maps. All three of them have been great partners. Um, and Venado is a phenomenal clothing brand. Dylan, you know them well. You work with them too, right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So yeah, Venado, Venado is a great clothing brand out of Wisconsin. The guy's awesome there. Um, it's really high quality clothing. I like it a lot. Super comfortable. Um, the next piece is Vector Custom Shop. If, you, if you're looking for arrows, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, front of center and heavier arrows and all that kind of stuff. If you don't want to do the math, just call Vector Custom Shop and they'll do the math for you and they will build you some sweet arrows. And really, they're not that much more expensive than buying you know, a dozen arrows out of the box from Cabela's or something. So um, give them a lookout. And then Onyx Maps, if you're looking for a GPS hunting app or anything like that, you want to know public private land boundaries, check out Onyx Maps. They have all that data for you. All right. So with that being said, we are hopping into the podcast. And this week we got, or this episode, I should say, we got Dylan Lenz on from the breaking point. Dylan's been on a few times. And Dylan just knocked down a tanker in North Dakota, and we are going to discuss his hunt and the tactics that he used to get that guy on the ground. So thanks for popping on, Dylan. Absolutely. Yeah, no, nice to chat with you. You're helping me uh, stay alert, stay focused while I'm driving back to Wisconsin here this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's How many hours is it? You were out North Dakota. Is that like a 12-hour drive or what? Oh no, it's to, to my place it's about eight and a half hours, so it's not terrible. I mean, okay, yeah, that's not so I'm gonna, bad. I'm gonna try and be home by about one o'clock and run this guy to the taxidermist and be home in time for dinner. Nice, yeah, uh, that's a good feeling taking that thing into the taxidermist right away before season oh, starts. Yeah. You might even get it back this Absolutely. year. Absolutely, I will see. Yeah, I'm not sure. I got him, <laughs> he's uh, he's riding shotgun right now. I got him caped out. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah. And for all of you who don't know, uh, breaking point, they have a TV show They have it's an awesome, uh, TV, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So, so go check them out. Um, and Dylan is usually behind the camera, but this year he got, he got in the hot seat right away in the beginning of season. This is a different feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Coming into this, uh, early season, knowing that I was going to be the one, you know, carrying a bow in the field with, was pretty intense. I, I I get to hunt North Dakota just about every year, and a lot of times I'm, you know, kind of batting cleanup. Um, <laughs> you know, more tags are filled, and uh, coming into it this year was pretty exciting. Knowing, you know, just a week ago, it feels like I wasn't in even in deer mode yet. I was still kind of like transitioning into it. Like, holy cow, I'm gonna be in a tree on Friday night, and uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome to get out yeah. get out here early and get in a tree. Yeah. So, and, and you had Aaron, uh, Scritch Patrick, Scratch, track, track yep. was his last name. JP is what they oh, call boy. him. I, don't, I can't, I don't, I don't know. We just call him JP. Scripchak <laughs> is, I believe, how it's pronounced. <laughs> and he was, he was filming you. Did you guys like, uh, did you guys just like rock, paper, scissors to get that or what? No, um, you know, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I was just kind of slated to, to hunt early season out here and jp was um you know just willing and always eager to to get in the tree and help out so he had planned basically all summer to come out uh for the opener at dinkota uh, at our camp out there and then we had two of our uh newer crew members uh dylan and randall uh from the east side of the of uh of wisconsin we call them the east siders uh they were out there as well so it was a lot of fun and actually brennan got in rolled into camp last night yeah, pass the torch or I pass the torch to him and they're going to stick it out for a while out there yet. Nice. Got some good, got some other bucks that are on the hit list that you're looking at. 
man. Honestly, yeah. We, we have some really good deer out there this year, but the spot where I killed this buck is just, for whatever reason, just loaded this year. And we actually had five shooters in this one spot, and they're all um, pretty frequent coming in there. Um, a lot at night, obviously, but, you know, close to daylight. I mean, obviously, that's the toughest part of this time of year is getting those deer to move. Um, you know, when we can actually get a crack at them and get them to come out out from basically where they're bedding in the big marshes. So if, if we get deer doing that, we know it's just a matter of time before they slip up and we're in there when they're in there. And basically that's, that's how I got lucky, but there's four other great bucks coming into that spot where I killed. Dang. Yeah. That's pretty slick. Is that, is that good for only a, a specific wind or is that, or can you hunt that kind of any day? You no, know, North Dakota, like where we're at, it's so open unless you're getting a major like weather change you're typically getting westerly winds so i would say you know 90 percent of the setups we have are you know westerly you know focused and then you have okay if we got south of the wind we might set up one way or the other this spot we could have hunted with any any west wind so it worked out really well basically had west wind the whole time we were there and i believe they're supposed to continue for a while yet nice yeah so on on that aspect essentially um so you're saying like you killed that deer without a cold front right didn't have to have wait for that big cold yeah. front to come through yeah and that's i mean that's really different you know especially you know we were watching the cameras and knew that you know those bucks were in that that spot and i actually hunted a different spot three nights in a row before going into this one because I didn't want to go in there and booger it up because we didn't have the weather, um, you know, mm. to typically get those deer on their feet so early. And, you know, here we're watching the cell cameras and every night, you know, you're sitting in the tree going, man, I wonder what other spots have got deer at them right now. And every time you refresh, you know, in that last half hour of light, there'd be uh, a buck uh, daylight in the other spot. And it's like, man, I know <laughs> the weather isn't perfect, but if they're going to go daylight three, four nights in a row, we we better slip in there and take a chance. Okay. So you, all right, no, that's awesome. So essentially, I I guess one of my thoughts is a lot of people, I don't know if it's just like a hot topic or, or people want to say it's the way to do things, but a lot of people will say, don't, don't hunt anywhere unless it's a cold, like don't hunt your good spots until you get a cold front and you get them up and early active. I, I'm a huge believer in that. I, I really am. And I, I mean, I'm an advocate for, you know, hunting the weather, waiting for temp drop, high pressure, low wind. And, you know, this, you know, I feel like there's a time to kind of throw the, the rules out the window and, you know, consistency in deer movement, you know, you can slip in and, and take advantage of a movement that's happening rather than waiting for conditions to be perfect. Kind of, kind of get one that got to get one to get good, you know. Yeah. All right, and that's 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 the point that I was that I'm driving at is is if you're hunting a property and, and you get consistent photos or you're seeing deer consistently in a certain area, like don't wait, <laughs> don't yeah. wait for that. Yeah, no, point, that's right? just it. Yeah, and I I think that that's something that you know a, a lot of a lot of guys that get more experience want to you know, hunt by the book and hunt just when the weather's good. And really, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be in the field. You know? <laughs> You're going to kill a deer. You gotta, you gotta be out there. So, um, right. you know, that's why I hunted a uh, different spot three nights in a row before I killed this one thinking, you know, I'm basically trying to save that other spot, you know, for when the weather gets good. And really it was good the whole time. So, I mean, we could have went in there any one of those nights and likely killed a, a good buck. Nice. Yeah. And, and that was, yeah, not to belabor that point anymore, but that's just kind of one of those thoughts is I, I feel like a lot of people, like you said, want to try to hunt by the book and, uh, yeah. and some, some days, like you said, you got to throw that, that book out the window and go, you know what information is telling me different, or I'm yeah. just going to give this a shot. Yeah. And if I fail and I screw up and I bust a deer or, you know, when I'm getting out of the tree, he's coming into later, whatever. All right. Now I yeah. know right now i know yep. and, and i won't do it again but you do well, that was a huge until you concern know. you know i mean we're, we're hunting you know we have a, a pretty good group effort out there it's, it's incredible the way that we hunt north dakota it's awesome i mean everybody kind of pitches in does their part you know i we 
I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, but we, we bait out there. You know, I mean, that's, that's how we get these deer to consistently move in areas. So it's just vast, wide open spans of, you know, marsh and agriculture and very, very small woodlots in some areas. So, you know, getting a buck to come out of a bedding area and predict where he's going to travel is just not feasible on a, a larger scale like we have out there. So, you know, kind of have it setting it up so you have some sort of consistency where, okay, we might, you know, pick a marsh where we imagine deer are bedding and then find a food source that we think they're heading to and basically, you know, set up another food source in between there, you know, a bait with a camera on it, you know, basically just helps helps us pattern and predict exactly where those deer are going to be. Because otherwise, you know, you could be sitting in a tree and watching deer from, you know, a quarter mile away and going, well, you didn't want to go this way today, you know? So, um, it's, it's, it's for the, the scale that we hunt on and, you know, having limited time to be out there, it's just the most feasible way to do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I, and that, I am that was all... a huge concern. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, I I'm me personally, I, if baiting's legal, it's not an issue to me. I know some people have that, yeah. but at the same time, I, I mean, if it's legal, go for it in that area. And I think deer wise up to when it, when it is legal in a state deer wise up to the fact that they're being baited. Like it's not absolutely. Oh, right? no it's doubt. not like Wisconsin where it's illegal. And then I think people go out and throw some corn out here and there in front of their cameras. And they're like, dude, all the deer just come right to it. Well, yeah, that's right. because it's illegal right. and no one else does it. So the deer aren't smart right. enough to understand that they're being baited. But if everybody's doing it, and all of a sudden yep. two of your brothers die, you're like, well, maybe yeah. I shouldn't do that again. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's really the, the biggest thing is, you know, mature bucks, you know, that, that there's a level of risk associated with that bait. Right. So right. they're, it, they didn't get old by, by chance. They're smart. So I think, you know, that's kind of the tough part is kind of getting them daylight. So, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is going, okay, we have all these spots. There might be shooters at 75% of the spots, but, you know, maybe only 10% of the spots have shooters coming in daylight, you know? So that, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to Dylan's never going to tell you guys this, but to give him more, a little bit more credibility in what he's talking about as Dylan travels the country now and kind of like a, as I would say, almost like part-time, but slightly full-time <laughs> gig traveling the country, <laughs> um, working on hunting properties. So he's right. a yep. lot of this yeah, stuff been, all over. Uh, very, 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 very fortunate um, to work with Jeff Sturgis at Whitetail Habitat Solutions. And uh, Jeff has taken me under his wing for, I've been working with him for five years now and I've uh, been doing consulting for him for the last few years. And this year really kind of took off and been traveling, doing a lot of habitat consulting which typically does dating. So it's kind of a, a North Dakota's got them an anomaly when it comes to that kind of hunting tactic for us. Gotcha. Yeah. You cut out just ever so slightly. It, it typically does not include any baiting. Yeah, no, I mean, typically, I mean, well, I've traveled to States that allow baiting, but really, you know, like I said, there's a level of level of risk associated with baits and I don't picture mature deer really, um, you know, consistently, uh, showing themselves in front of that bait during daylight when a, you know, a potential client could hunt it. So I typically don't include baiting in, uh, my recommendations when I do client parcel designs and that sort of thing, just because I think, uh, you know, a more steady food source that you can put out would be a food plot that actually, you know, drives deer movement, sets up, you know, elaborate, um, setup of bedding, travel and all that. And sure. I think that that actually is a much smarter way of doing things on your own private land than baiting. Dylan, that's a lot harder though than throwing out a bag of corn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But hey, I think if you want to consistently kill mature deer, that's how you do it. <laughs> uh, I'll let the neighbors do the work. I'll just put the corn out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I would certainly agree. And you know, uh, uh, one acre, two acre, half acre, five acre food plot is going to um, hold a lot more nutrients and provide a lot more nutrition for deer over the long run than a pile of corn. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to have a lot more 
deer come to that. But anyway, um, getting back to your North, North Dakota buck. So you guys have hunted Dinkota for how many years now? Um, I believe Mike and Brennan started going out there in 2011, 2012, right around there, um, okay. through the area that we're at out in North Dakota. And, um, I started going out, I believe my first trip out there was to help get things set up with Mike back in 2013, 2014, maybe. And then, uh, um, you know, over the years we've kind of evolved. We used to camp tent, you know, pitch in and grab a motel for a night, sleep in the car. Um, and then over the years, basically, we decided and you know gathered up enough material and stuff to, to build us, ourselves a pretty modest little shack out there that is actually pretty awesome. It works out great for us. We can sleep four guys in it comfortably, and um, it, it's just home away from home, really, out there. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. I, I, I always enjoy seeing it on the videos because it seems like you guys got a little loft where everyone sleeps, and then you got the lower yep. level where everyone hangs out, and you got the the famous pizza cooker. That's right. Yep. <laughs> we had a few, had a few this last week out there. Yeah. Um, so you guys have been there for, for eight, nine years, um, hunting roughly the same area or is it different areas or. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd say the same area, but I mean, it's, it's spread out. I would say 30, 30 miles from, you know, our farthest, spot to our farthest west spot i mean it's it's not like you're hunting you know the same block or the same 600 acres you know with 10 different spots on that it's you've got 15 to 20 spots spread out a long ways and so i feel like we get to tap into a lot of different you know a lot of different bucks a lot of different deer herds and all that out there sure yeah and i'm trying to just set the stage for anybody listening who doesn't who doesn't know so then essentially you guys are, and you mentioned cell cameras earlier, you guys have, you know, miles and miles to hunt and is North Dakota just like open access or are you guys getting permission on this or is it public? Um, it's a mix. So okay. we, we have permission on some pieces. There's North Dakota is great because it has uh, a lot of public land uh, open to hunting. And then also North Dakota is basically the wild west where if land is not posted, um you can hunt it so you know without permission so if you you know do your due diligence and make sure that a a chunk is actually not posted you can throw stands in there and hunt it which is pretty darn cool and um so we have spots like that um set up as well awesome yeah so okay so then you guys are heading out there um in the summertime you've had years and years of experience out here, but you I'm sure you have good spots. I know I watched your early season video and Brennan was saying he was going into a spot that hadn't been touched since 2016. Um, and he was checking out that area. Um, so you're, you're always looking at these different areas and you know, if you're looking over miles and miles and miles, you can't, can't possibly hunt every single spot. Right. So you're trying to figure, figure out how to consolidate your time and where you need to put your time in. So then is that almost yep. exclusively through trail cameras or what are you guys doing there? Yeah. Well, I would say it's a mix, you know, obviously we're looking at aerials, trying to, trying to find big marshes. Um, you know, it's so open out there. Like I said before, there's, there's not woods, right. So those deer are bedding in marshes, um, gotcha. or, you know, fallow upland, um, that, you know, maybe has the brushy, you know, regeneration and stuff like that. So, basically looking for that bedding cover first and then you know the crops rotate each year so you're trying to be in areas with decent crops um just so you know that hey there's probably deer actually in these bedding areas and eating these food sources so then we'll go in get a camera in a spot and watch from there but um you know up to last year i think late season last year we switched to cell cams but previously it was all just you know traditional pull a card and pop it in the, the computer and, um, you know, you can imagine, um, you know, how laborious that is when you have, <laughs> you know, 10 or 15 spots spread way out and you got to go pull cards for the day. It's, it's a lot of running around and, uh, cell cameras have really, uh, been a huge improvement out there for efficiency. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not taking the time you can sit on the couch and see what's going on. It's also excruciating when you're sitting in one stand and you get minute by minute updates of what other stand you should have been sitting 
you almost need like a person on standby. Like as yeah. soon as as soon as that last half hour hits, hey, hop on the Rambo, get your ass out there, see what you can do. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so then you guys have these areas, and you've been narrowing down um, where to hunt and what time. Are you guys doing any morning hunts, or is it all evening? Um, I would say you know in North Dakota we've hunted maybe three or four mornings. And that's, you know, over how many years we've been going out there. It's just not doable for getting in without spooking gear. Because, I mean, like I said, we're on over a food source, right? So there's a good chance that there's deer at the bait when you're trying to get in there in the morning. So we try and get in there in the the dead of the afternoon when, you know, before before the deer have gotten up to go feed in the evening and get in there and hopefully get out without spooking them get a you know a break in action so we'll actually if it's coming down to the wire we got five minutes left to light and there's no deer in there and you can see a good way it's like okay let's get out of here now rather than get pinned in here for, for a while so we don't spook any deer getting out yeah okay that makes a lot of sense has there been anything that the i mean do the cell cameras tell you not to go in there in the morning like that there are there are small deer there or there are no deer or do they, have they given you any new insight on that? Not really. I guess, you know, we could probably pay a little bit closer attention to that, but I mean, you know, you're saying like, wake up in the morning. Okay. There's no deer at this spot. We're going to go in here and hope that we can get in. Oh, no, no. I'm saying, I guess if, yeah, I mean, you said, you said you guys don't really hunt mornings. Um, and that's just based on the, the thought process of potentially spooking deer or yeah, yeah, deer. And are they, are yeah, the like they're telling you that, that there are deer on, in the areas? That oh, you... absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're there all night and usually you, you've got does lingering into, you know, the first hour or so of light and then it really slows down from there. I mean, you'll get stragglers randomly in the middle of the day, um, but, you know, pretty typical to have deer in there from an hour before dark to an hour you know, in the morning after sunup. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that, and that makes sense. I I'm curious because, you know, hunting mornings in the early season is always a hot topic every year, right? People always debate mm-hmm. that. Like, do you hunt them? Do you not? Right. Hunt them? Um, yeah. And I, I mean, you know, obviously if we were hunting, you know, say with, you know, in, in a bedding area, as they're coming off of food sources, that'd be awesome. But, you know, like I said before, that's pretty tough to do when you don't have any trees to get in and, <laughs> just looking at a big blob of cattail going, okay, where are they actually entering this? Going sure. in bed. Yeah, that, I, I, I certainly agree. There's a, and it's, it's kind of a, a question I'm playing with right now is because I have a nice 11 point. It seems like on our, on our property, we don't, the last, last year and this year, I haven't had any great bucks on camera um, early. And then all of a sudden, like October 15th or so, I get a nice shift and I get three, four five bucks yep. that, are, that are pretty quality. Um, that's awesome. There is one, there is one this year that's he's a decent 11 point. Um, I probably would shoot him, and mm-hmm. he is, I've gotten him a couple times at about 6am coming off an egg field, kind of down a four wheel trail. And he kind of, I, I know where he's heading to, to, to bed for the day. And so I dumped him. Sure. Um, and you can tell me that I'm totally wrong for doing this, but I dumped a mock scrape, you know, a vine, a Jeff Sturgis, uh, yeah. mock scrape on that right off that four wheel trail where I think he's heading yep. when he breaks off to try to get him to stop and see if he's actually going that route or not. And hopefully yeah. potentially have him running like a pre-rut kind of scooting through there and checking that thing. No, that's, I mean, that sounds exactly like a setup that I use all the time, you know, Okay. Between food and bedding through a mock scrape or, or, or a water hole if there's no uh, water source close by that he might, you know, have in his bedding area or, um, you know, closer to the food source. And uh, basically just have those features that you can throw a camera on that just to monitor and strengthen that movement with those features. You know, hey, you know, I'm getting pictures of him consistently here. I'll just wait till he does that, you know, one morning and try and get in there on another morning when the conditions are, are, are good. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And, and my, and my, not to, not to take off on this tangent too much, I guess my thought is 
you know, we don't open in Wisconsin till September 18th this year. Right now it's September 8th. Yep. So I got 10 days and I will check my cameras again, probably the day before opener and see if I can see if he's making that same movement. And if he is slip in there and if he's not, now I'll just bail out and probably not do anything. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, okay. So, uh, we were talking about cell cameras and the, in the morning movement. Um, so your hunt, so you said you were, you guys got out there opener is September 1st out there. Uh, is the four, I think it was the, the third or the fourth this year, whatever Friday was. Uh, with okay. the opener, it's always the Friday before Labor Day at noon. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, so it was the third, um, and you got you said you had three hunts in. Um, can you? You yep. had three hunts, and then you you found this buck on the fourth. Can you walk us through yep. the the hunt and how your selection, your spot selection, and yep. all that stuff for days one, two, and three, and and four? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you know, just. Uh, quick little uh part before that is you know coming out thursday to north dakota was just rainy cool windy um basically all day so it's basically just curb deer movement where we're thinking oh man friday those deer are gonna be on their feet they're gonna be you know moving heavily after the big rain event and sure. the rain actually quit um thursday evening at i would say 7:30 was dark at 8:30 out here, so gave those deer a chance to get up and feed right after the rain ended on Thursday night. So we're kind of thinking, man, I don't know, you know, tomorrow they actually had a chance to get up and feed today. Normally, uh, I wonder, you know, if they're still going to move as heavily tomorrow. Uh, we were waiting for that weather break. Um, pretty eager to hunt it, and uh, we had a lot of our deer were uh, daylight Thursday night before season opened. Right after that rain event, I mean out of all the all the bucks we had out there i'd say most of them were at daylight or very close to it out there so um you know driving up and getting out there was pretty exciting going man we have all these bucks moving and this is incredible to basically walk into camp and have all an option <laughs> several options of bucks and spots Be like okay i can go sit at any one of these spots the wind's good for a good portion of them so i picked out one spot that i liked the deer uh that was coming in there and Still holding velvet and it's beautiful. Um, he's a nine point, just big frame on him. We actually had him on camera, camera late season last year and um, wanted to hunt that deer because he had been, you know, broad daylight the night before and uh, snuck in, picked out how he'd access and all that, got in and um, saw a few deer uh, on the horizon. I mean, like I said, you can see forever out there saw a few deer on the horizon, but nothing up close that night. And it was kind of, you know, uh, a, a slow start for the season after, um, you know, all day Friday and then getting in the tree. I mean, I, my stomach was a knot, you know, cause I, <laughs> I, I, I get pumped up when I hunt because I don't get to hunt all that much. I get to spend a lot of time behind the camera, which I also love, but when I'm actually holding the bow and my anxiety is just through the roof. <laughs> so that whole set, I was just, you know, Oh man, it could happen at any moment here. And yeah, uh, especially when nothing ever came of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we got out of there and we're looking at the cell cameras. And, you know, the, basically the spot we sat was called Moose, and the spot where I killed is called Mighty Mouth. And uh, <laughs> we're looking at the cameras, and there's, you know, good bucks at Mighty Mouth. And we're like, oh, should we go in there tomorrow? I was like, no, the weather's not right. You know, the wind's good to hunt it, but there's no change in temperature. You know, it's probably just, you know, crazy that those deer were there daylight not going to happen again right. well let's go back to that deer he'll be due to come back in there. and uh you know fast forward to day two uh we did have uh, a couple of small deer come in um but no sign of our big shooter and looking at the cell cameras here there's a few bucks at mighty mouse and we should have <laughs> went to mighty mouse so <laughs> uh the next day was uh we had a little bit of swirling wind right at uh that transition time at like eight nine o'clock at night the winds were switching to maybe get a few gusts easterly it was literally for like two or three hours we were gonna get a little bit of east well that that messes up a lot of our spots right at prime time to have an east wind so 
decided not to go into Mighty Mouse. Just, you know, hey, if those deer are in there again one more night, holy cow, that's crazy. Maybe at that point they'll do it a fourth day in a row, but we don't want to go in there and, you know, potentially spook those deer without getting a, an opportunity. So I said, you know what? This deer at Moose, he's due now. <laughs> he's got to, he's got to come in. It's been three nights. So uh, went in that Moose. We actually laid eyes on our shooter there, um, but he was a ways off, probably a half a mile out in the in the, in the Cattail Marshes, and um, and it was it was crazy because we we hunt near a road, um, not right on it, but um, that buck was a half mile out in the middle of you know expansive marshes and heard that vehicle, watched it go by from a half a mile and he dipped. He went back and into the, the thick cover and didn't want anything to do with it from a half mile away. So that was kind of crazy Dang. to see just how finicky those deer can be out there. Um, you know, so and that, that was pretty crazy, but you know, sure enough, checking the cell cameras on the way out, there were deer daylight at, at Mighty Mouse. So we're like, okay, <laughs> we got to go in there tomorrow night. How are you guys? Weather was supposed to be warm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say if, if, if those deer, I mean, seeing that deer get spooked by that truck, are you guys accessing like from a long ways off or I know you guys have Rambo bikes or are you guys just walking in, you guys parking really far away or what are you guys doing? We're walking in, we're walking okay. in, but we're usually like, you know, parking in a, in a dip or something like in the middle of, you know, something where you, your vehicle can't be seen from a, a good ways. So gotcha. um, that really wasn't a huge concern of ours just because there's no way that a deer knew we were getting in there. Um, it's just the fact that, you know, you're on a, a very, very low uh, traffic road in the middle of nowhere. And so if right at prime time, a car comes through, that's going to that's gonna screw up your hunt for that evening, which, sure. you know, you can't really predict one way or the other. Um, you just got to kind of, you know, keep your fingers crossed and hope that it stays quiet in there when uh, deer are getting on their feet. And unfortunately that night wasn't the case. Gotcha. Okay. But, keep going. So Monday was supposed to uh, forecast to be really hot compared to the other days. I think the first three days was low to mid seventies, and then it was supposed to be like eighty six on Monday. And we're going, man, I can't believe we're going into our best spot on a warm front. This, <laughs> you know, not smart, you know, on paper. But you know, if you've got pictures of deer in their daylight four nights in a row now, it'd be dumb not to go in there for the fifth night, right? So it's right. our fourth night of hunting. And we're going to go sit it and we're, we're just kind of nervous going, man, there's five good bucks in here. If we don't kill one tonight, there's a good chance we're going to spook these deer on our way out of here. And, you know, I was just kind of, you know, nervous going in there um, thinking, man, this is kind of, you know, putting it all on the table here and uh, got in there, sat and, you know, came down to the wire where I think it was, like I said, it gets dark around eight thirty, and, uh, I think it was like 10 after eight. We hadn't seen a deer yet. And oh, they being right there sitting there. I mean, my stomach was in knots again the whole time. Like my anxiety was through the roof. And you couldn't see terribly far. You just knew all of a sudden you're just going to see antlers coming. And we got to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to actually slowly start to pack up. So when it is time to get out of here, I can do it quietly, just throw my pack on and go. And I was from uh, the side of the blind and just took me completely Hold by on. surprise. Um, One second. Hold on, Dylan. You, st- you kind of cut off yep. for a second there. You said, I just want to oh, go yeah. quietly and throw my, so I can throw my pack on yeah. and go. Yeah. So just was going to start basically packing up very, very slowly, very quietly. So we could just rip out of there as soon as, you know, it was closed, um, get out. And as I was doing that, uh, a buck came in small buck came in and just took me completely by surprise came from the blind side of the blind and all of a sudden he's walking in at 10 yards and i'm going, oh jp there's a there's a deer right here he's looking back like there's another deer coming uh, i got my bow and um just waiting to see what this next deer is going to be that he's looking back at and it's a doe and i'm like oh man i thought for sure there's another <laughs> one they weren't looking back or anything acting like there's any other deer around they're kind of messing around the buck's posturing trying to chase off the doe and uh, got to be the point where thinking, man, how are we going to get out of here now? We're going to have to spook these deer if we get out. And did not want to have to do that. And JP and I are just kind of sitting there talking about options. And uh, that's when uh, we see both deer pick up their head and look the other way. 
and heard footsteps. And JP's like, it's him. It's a good buck coming in here. And it, it, it was it was intense because, I mean, we could hear him coming. He must have walked through uh, a little bit of a marsh because you could just hear him swooshing, coming through the cattails. And next thing you know, he's coming past that 20 yards and uh, was able to draw back. Um, and, you know, he came in where these other two deer were, and they're kind of shifting around and was able to settle my pin and made a great shot uh, at, like, 15 yards. And um, JP did a great job of the footage beautiful i mean it is it, it was really incredible my he was quartered to a little bit and i put it uh basically right in front of his uh his shoulder uh and it went right through his heart uh buried way in buried to the fletchings and he took off running and we saw him barrel into the marsh and it was it was all celebration from there because i knew i made yes. a great shot and uh <laughs> so then we're like okay we made a disturbance these deer are blowing let's get out of here uh we'll go get the vehicle, come back down here, load him up and get out of here as quickly as possible to try not to booger up the spot too bad. Um, and so we went back to the car, hung out for maybe 15 minutes, and we actually <laughs> checked the cell cameras going, okay, let's make sure there's not a shooter in there just by chance so we don't go in there and scoop one out. <laughs> there were already deer in there again. Oh, uh, really? No shooters, but there was uh, <laughs> the same little buck and uh, a doe were in there already after we had just walked out of there. So all right cool let's rip in there let's see if we can find this deer and get out of here quick so it was it was awesome and we, we snuck in there blood trail was awesome um one of the heaviest blood trails i've ever had and um followed it i think he went you know 70 yards maybe uh and piled up and <laughs> it was it was pretty emotional i uh i killed that deer on september 6th which uh, was the day my dad passed away 11 years ago. And I didn't really, I kind of put that out of my mind all day, trying not to think about it and get emotional. And I had asked JP what the date was when I was filling out my tag. And that's when it kind of hit me and, you know, kind of got flooded with emotion of, oh man, I'm sure my pops was sitting with me on this one, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty darn Give him that cool. extra push. But, um, yep. It, it was awesome. So got him back to the camp and, it was all beers and celebration from there. Oh man, what a story! <laughs> That's freaking awesome. <laughs> it was great. Uh, it was yeah, great. that last that last light. Oh, I could only imagine the anxiety of man. We've we've waited oh. for three four days to hunt this thing. We've had deer in here yep. every night, <clears throat> and now we're not yeah, going to have it, any deer. <laughs> we're going to blow it. Yeah, yeah. So then that was the crazy thing, right? So when we're nervous because you know. Brennan and JP are actually planning on staying in North Dakota for over a month. Like they're just basically posted up out there till they both kill. Um, okay. So, you know, to go in and booger up one of the spots you know, where we have five incredible bucks coming in, you know, that early in their trip was, you know, kind of like, man, we got to go all or nothing on this hunt. And if we don't kill, if we're definitely going to booger them up, so hopefully we kill. And, uh, we did fortunately and uh <laughs> later that night we're checking the cell cameras and it was a huge sigh of relief going holy cow there's shooters in there already oh, so they, yes. they came back in there and so i think that kind of gave us that clear feeling of okay maybe we didn't booger this up too bad and uh you know i can live to hunt another day in there which is pretty darn cool that is awesome oh that's cool congratulations man congrats if Thank you guys want to if you're listening to this and you got to, you want to see this buck, have you guys even, I mean, have you guys even made an official post on it or is it just in your story? Uh, yeah, no, they put it on uh, the breaking point. If you go on the breaking point on Instagram or Facebook, you can check it out there. Um, he's a great buck, cool, mature uh, North Dakota deer. He's got split twos, which I thought was pretty badass. I never killed a deer with splits. And uh, it, it was pretty awesome watching him walk in. He's a great, great buck. He honestly, when he came in, I was like, man, he honestly, he looks like a young deer. He's, you know, he doesn't look like he's that heavy and all that. And I think that's because his body was so big. When we walked up to him, I'm like, holy cow, this thing is a tank. He's got good mass and carries all the way through his times. And very, very pumped, very happy with this deer. Yeah. Is he a 12 flat out? Um, he's a mainframe 10. He's got split twos. So I guess, yeah, he's a 12 point. Um, right. I would say he's a mainframe 10 with split twos then. Very, very symmetrical, which I I think is just super badass. Oh, but, yeah. Know, I'm looking at him right now on my Instagram. It's, perfectly yeah. on both sides. It's very, very <laughs> cool. That's awesome. 
So yeah, um, my biggest, my biggest, no doubt. <laughs> well, it's, I, yeah, I mean, it's a great deer. Are there, were that, was he one of the biggest ones of the five or are there um, other bigger ones? You know, surprisingly there's two in there that are bigger than this one. No doubt. <laughs> so, and um, one of them, I don't want to give too much away because Brennan's still out there hunting. I don't want to jinx any. Yeah, no, that's but, fine. Uh, they're they're, they're, after, about they're after some big ones. So, okay. I mean, fingers crossed they can get in there and, and encounter one of these other ones. But there's some beautiful deer out there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you you said you were out of out of a blind. Um, is that because there's no trees or was the blind the best yeah. option or what? Yeah, there's literally, I don't think there's a tree for quarter of a mile to a half a mile in there um and definitely not within a mile that you could put a tree stand in <laughs> it's it's expand it's this is you know very very stereotypical great plains just you know rolling hills marshes and you know spots where they could put agriculture or a hay field right yeah and i think that's i think that's so overlooked like even by myself personally is hunting out of a blind yep like everyone yeah, yeah, wants to hunt out of a tree yeah, I agree. I'd rather hunt out of a tree hundred percent, but you know, if you don't have that option, that's, I honestly think that's part of the reason that this spot is so good is because, you know, it's kind of overlooked. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it gets hunted because, you know, there's no trees. There's no, nobody can get in there to hunt unless you're throwing a blind up. Right. Yeah. I would, I, I would certainly agree. And it's not like, um, when you guys set those blinds up in like August, yeah. Yeah. So typically we'll do a trip, you know, two to three weeks before season and get things rolling out there. And we'll usually throw the blinds up at that time. Just so, you know, if there is any, any, any risk that you're going to get used to it by the time season gets around. Yeah. Okay. How do you guys, how, I mean, if, if you're looking at an area, you're, you're pretty much picking it like this area. I imagine you found the marsh on the topo or on like satellite map. Yep. And then yep. you guys went, and just scouted it and then just threw up a camera and said, ah, we'll see what's here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I actually, I think Mike and I were uh, the first ones into this spot last year and, you know, we're just basically looking at the aerial going, man, there's a big marsh here. We got to see if we can find a chunk around here that's not posted. And um, we're driving around that day and looking, man, this marsh is huge. That's got to hold a lot of deer. Right. And, but the chunk we were looking at, we were like, man, I haven't seen a post sign of you. And we did a, a whole lap around the property and didn't see anything. And uh, checked. Now there's a layer on Onyx, which is pretty darn cool that you can look at that uh, gives you, you can electronically post land in North Dakota now. So um, you can double check that way too, just to make sure you are uh, uh, legally able to hunt in that area. And fortunately, this spot is just not posted. You can get in there and hunt it. Nice. Uh, yeah, that could be like a you know, for anybody hunting public ground anywhere, like, I feel like that is a major deterrent for to your typical hunter is if there are no trees and it's just a marsh, a lot of people are just going to avoid that. Cause like, oh, I can't hunt it. It's too hard. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's yeah. probably, yeah. So that you guys, so you guys have been out there for nine years and you just found this spot last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> we, we, basically test out you know new spots every year i know jp and brennan are setting up a few new ones today just in areas where it's like you know might have been overlooked by us or hey you know the spot used to be posted it's not anymore uh a lot of the land out there just gets posted for gun season so mm. um you know late season when we do a lot of our setups out there you're driving around right at at gun season or during it setting up these spots and a lot of them are just posted with a five gallon bucket on uh on a driveway or on a corner and that's how they post it it's just for gun season they don't want people in there uh hunting it and then they'll take those down so that you know i think you know in their mind it's more for archery hunters or waterfowl guys or you know upland birds whatever that you know right uh, alludes to but um yeah yeah it was pretty darn cool that we can you know still find spots that are not terribly far from camp and try new spots out yeah Oh, that's, I mean, that's so cool to, to find a spot last year and then go in there this year and have five good bucks on it and be able to take oh, yeah. the first time you guys sit it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, exactly. ha I have to ask, why is it called mighty mouse? <laughs> um, yeah, every one of our spots has a goofy name and all the deer there have even goofier names. 
<laughs> I I want to say we called it Mighty Mouse because in the blind bag when we were setting up the spot last year, I think there was a mouse in it that was, you know, big mouse in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the deer we were naming in there were, were uh, uh, we were giving them kind of like mouse names. Like the one I actually expected to kill in there that night, we were calling Mickey. And then we had another one we were calling Stuart Little. And <laughs> it was pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> that's that's, that's one of my favorites favorite parts of being out there is naming the spots and naming the deer (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember watching one of jeff sergis's whitetail videos that you probably put together and he was like i i don't name any of the deer because i just call them big 10 or big 12 or wide eight oh yeah dylan name everything drives me nuts (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and the same with tree stands jeff's jeff's funny that way he'll go well isn't that we're gonna go hunt that oak on that ridge and it's like man you have eight tree stands and oak and oaks on ridges out here why don't we start naming these <laughs> we yeah. know where we're going the same with the deer you know you got four ten pointers out here how do i know which one you're talking about right yeah <laughs> exactly uh yeah because you picked kermit for him right yeah yeah yep. yep. yeah oh man oh that's and funny. Is, he's the one he's after this year Benty. That's, that's funny too yeah venti yeah yeah i mean that's a good name because it means 20 right in italian or something mm-hmm. yep yep exactly <laughs> yeah oh that's cool um so yeah i mean oh that's that's just an awesome it's an awesome story um i'm very very happy for you i don't know i'm trying to think of anything else i can i can ask you about that um so you guys are walking in, you're setting up your, your blinds early, scouting it with, with cell cameras, um, and then just going in and, and hunting when you have the right wind. And this one, like you said, was on a warm front. So did the yep. cell cameras tell you previously that these deer were in earlier, like a half hour or 45 minutes before dark and this time? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it varies, right? I mean, you know, our deer really on that strict of a schedule where they're literally standing up out of their bed the same time every day. I don't think so. Um, I think it's all just conditional. I think it's pretty elastic, but you know, the fact that they're in there at light or very close to it just tells you that, you know, they're not bedding terribly far away. So, I mean, the night before I killed, um, the buck that I actually expected to kill Mickey, nice solid 10 pointer. Um, he was, he was in there at like seven fifty, you know, so, you know, well before dark just broad daylight standing there and that's when we were in the other tree going dang it i wish we could be sitting there right now (laughs) right gotcha so yeah i mean it's it's possible that that warm front you know pushed them later and that's why that that buck that you got came in you know yeah 10 minutes before dark right right okay and you took the and you took a front like so you said it was quartering towards and you put it in front of his shoulder did he, did you get any? Yeah, um, basically, I mean, I, I hit his shoulder, um, but it, you know, just buried it right through. I, it's not, I wasn't shooting like, you know, through like the scapula, you know, the, the big blade, but, um, you know, a little bit lower, um, you know, he's sure. quarter two and I kind of waited for him to open up, you know, move his leg so that I had that open shot. And, yeah. uh, that's, that's what I was able to take. Nice. No, that's yeah, great, cool. Man. I mean, that's, that's, that's as cool as we're I mean, using expandables and I'm not, uh, high foc i'm not a heavy arrow guy i don't i think my setup might be you know 420 grains or something like that you know sure. yeah, it was pretty cool to watch that area arrow just bury all the way into him it actually came out the other side which you know yeah. didn't pass through but it ended up coming out the other side no and that was that was my question because that that that's where i was leading towards because that's how you were able to probably that's that's that big blood trail was coming out that exit wound yeah you, yep, definitely yeah Cause that's the one thing at hunting out of a blind, you know, uh, your, your shots are whatever I want to say, like perpendicular to the deer. They're not going at an angle from an up to a down, Yeah, you know, right, so sometimes right. you can get like a lot of pooling in the chest when you're at like eye level yeah. with them because it just, yep. right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and I think, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, just, you know, the vitals that I hit, you know, he was spraying, you know, I actually got off the blood trail a few times because I was following where the blood had, you know, spurted out or whatever to the <laughs> side and basically was following the wrong way, you yeah. know, going, oh, I got to drop over here. And, you know, it just had uh, projectiles that far. Dang. Oh, that's awesome. 
So then did you guys just drive the truck pretty much right back in there to not try to not bugger up the spot or what? Yeah. Yeah. Just got in, got out. And, um, I, I drive a little, uh, I have a runner car, uh, for doing these kind of trips. It's a Pontiac vibe and basically just bombed that back there, threw them in and got out and yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. Nice. Yeah. The great, the good vibes. Yeah. You, you posted that, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's on your story. It said good vibes. And then, and then at the end of the night, it was another story with a big buck in the trunk. <laughs> it was great vibes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, well, awesome. So was there anything, uh, you know, that's, I guess that's all the questions I had. Um, I'm super happy for you guys to be able to, to knock Thank down you. that deer and you, you, you personally, cause I know you're, like you said, you're always behind the camera. So it's always, yeah, it's always yeah, cool it was very cool. Get, some time in the field it was actually... almost a relief it was almost a relief to get in a tree last night and film it was like <laughs> okay this feels more at home I, I don't know what it is but when i'm the hunter i am just my anxiety is through the roof <laughs> I feel like there's a lot less pressure when i'm the one sitting behind the camera right well yeah you don't need to make the shot or anything like that you just gotta yeah. <laughs> yep <laughs> oh i bet awesome well, what do you got? Do you got any, are you hunting at all the rest of the year or are you behind the camera? Yeah, I actually have a pretty good fall lined up. I'm pretty pumped. Uh, Wisconsin opens up here. Uh, I got a lease in Sparta with uh, some buddies. So um, be hunting that this year. And then also uh, going to go to South Dakota for mule deer in September. I, or I'm sorry, in October, I get to do some hunting out there. And um, basically, you know, filming other than that, which is, I love doing that. So I'll get to yeah. see plenty of other deer um, and uh, plenty of other states. So I'll be looking forward to kind of jumping around this fall. All right. Well, awesome. Well, that's a great, great transition here. If you guys uh, want to follow the breaking point, you want to follow Dylan. Um, it's B point TV on Instagram, yep. um, YouTube. It's breaking point TV, right? Yep. Absolutely. Breaking point TV on YouTube. Yeah. Give, give their give their uh videos a watch you guys are on your season from last year you've had a couple awesome whitetail kills um you can go see dinkota you can see kind of their north dakota setup that they have on youtube because that's always not always but generally their first their first couple episodes are from out of north dakota um pretty cool bear hunt as well that i just watched the other night and i'm sure you oh, have yeah. a bunch of fun stuff coming out here over the next yeah definitely few weeks right yep absolutely yeah the boys put together some, some great shows for this year all right awesome well dylan anything else you want to add at all no no i'm, I'm great thank you guys so much i appreciate you having me on here this morning yeah yeah no worries all right well thank you everybody for listening really appreciate it um again part of the deer vein whitetail series we'll be talking whitetails for essentially the next three months straight and lots of podcasts, lots of tactics. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this one and please, uh, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe and follow along. Thanks everyone. Catch you next time.